Hello, 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 hello. I am Alicia Richard, and thank you so much for listening to A Rich Life Podcast, where we enrich, encourage, and inspire you to live a life of your dreams. I am extremely excited about today's episode because I have a very good conversation with the military wife, the mother, the family girl, the realtor, home stager, and advocate for new moms, Mrs. Rhonda Sims. OMG, was our conversation so good. And you do not want to miss out on this episode because I know that this episode will definitely be one that you not only just download and share with your friends, but it will also encourage you to go ahead and start your own business as a wife and a mom. But before we hop right on into the interview, let me let you all know about Mrs. Sims. So she is a dynamic designer with a love for beauty and spaces. She is a certified home stager and a full-time realtor with a natural love for homes and interior spaces. She operates dual businesses in real estate along with her partner in life as well as a full-service home staging company called The Staging Firm. For the past two years, her real estate company, The Fred Team, which stands for Futures Real Estate by Design, has been ranked in the top 10 in her market center. She also has a passion for helping others. She is a certified instructor at the Keller Williams in Columbia, South Carolina, where she teaches new agents who enter into real estate careers. Rhonda graduated from the University of South Carolina in 2007 with a major in finance and in marketing. After graduating from college, she worked in corporate America for eight years and was inspired as a single mom at the time to go into full-time entrepreneurship. In 2015, Rhonda was licensed as a full-time realtor and always carried decorating and designing with her. After decorating for family, friends, and even clients over the last 10 years, she knew that her fate of selling homes and staging homes aligned with her purpose. Rhonda is a lover of inspiring journals, candles, pretty planners, walking around decor stores with her favorite Starbucks drink. Her favorite place in the world is on any beach. (laughs) She says that her purpose is to serve others, her family, her friends, community, and other moms and her clients by creating spaces and moments that embody beauty and love. Let's hop right on into this week's episode with Rhonda Sims. Tell us about like how you like kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and you know like your background and what you did while you were growing up. <laughs> so I am the middle child of three, um, and there is a uh, definitely a a destiny or a gift with the middle child. I will always say we are always the ones that are uh, most responsible. I will say, and our parents are kind of like, hey. You know, they're good. You know, they're good. I don't have to check on them. They're doing their homework and if they're studying for their test, they're they're good. And that's how it was with me growing up with my brother and my sister. Um, I'm originally from Newberry, South Carolina. And I went to Newberry High, graduated from Newberry and went to Winthrop my first year of college. And I hated it my first year because I went 
and my roommate who was supposed to come didn't show up. So it's kind of weird. Most people don't want roommates in college. My freshman year, I wanted a roommate. So I was there by myself uh, trying to figure out how to adjust to this new life in college. So there was a young girl who was in my dorm. We met, and she did not get along with her her roommate, so she asked if she could move in. Weird. I let her move in. And um, we were best friends from there. We both transferred to the University of South Carolina after our second year of college, and we are still best friends today. Oh, wow. That is amazing. (laughs) So it was crazy how we met, but um, so glad that we we linked together. So I went to Carolina, graduated in 2007, and – studied finance and marketing at USC, and I graduated, and I was like, okay, I'm here studying finance. I will say I hated it, but I studied it, and I graduated, and I was, um, plans were to be a financial planner when I graduated to help people with their money, but that did not happen. So I graduated. I interned uh, while I was in school with a company here in Columbia, and I got hired full-time to do um, IT technology configuration and some programming. So I stayed there for four years, and I knew how things kind of went for me and shifted. Um, The first job that I took out of college, they consolidated and moved my position to um, NETSCO. So I ended up applying for another company here in Columbia, Scana, and I worked there for five years, and I got to the place where I felt like I wasn't growing, so I ended up looking for a new position and started working with another company, and with that organization, they also downsized. So I was like, okay, God, what are you telling me? Like, you know, I learned that many times most of the companies that you work for, you know, there are always changes, and Mm -hmm. there's nothing that you can do to stop those changes. So in my mind, I always knew that I would want to uh, be entrepreneur and to work for myself. I just didn't know how that would work. So that kind of pushed me out there um, into that world of owning my own business and uh, being efficient at doing it. Oh, wow. So that is really good. So how did you kind of like bump into like the real estate thing? Like, Like what happened with that? How did you know that was where you wanted to be? So I always had this niche for uh, decorating at homes. Growing up, I remember that my mom, and I, I don't think about this until later when I got older, I realized, like, how much she changed out stuff in the house. So, like, every week or every two weeks or so, my mom would always, you know, pick up some new curtains or change out pillows, change out looks, <laughs> change out comforter sets. And I didn't realize any of this until I grew older. And I was like, where did this niche of this love for design at homes come from and it was my mom and um getting into real estate was uh definitely a connection to something that I just enjoyed doing just didn't know that it was going to be in real estate so I remember working um my last corporate job and I was a single mom at the time and um I had got informed that the job was going to be downsizing I remember um right before getting that notice that um, the job would be consolidated. I remember praying to God, saying, God, I just want to have the opportunity to spend more time with my son, have the flexibility. Mm-hmm. And 
not have to ask people, you know, can I get off work today because he's sick? Or, you know, can I attend this event because, you know, that meant a lot to me. So the, a week later, I remember going to my boss's office and I didn't know what she was coming to talk to me about. And she was like, hey, look, we're downsizing. Um, we're consolidating two positions. You can interview for one. You can interview for the one position and see if it'll be a good fit for you. And I knew then that was my exit. I had already been preparing because I already took um, my real estate classes and took my exam. I had already been licensed. I just wasn't practicing. So how did I get into real estate or introduced to it? My husband now, Jermaine, he was already in real estate. And I remember me and him connecting. We we had met in a mall. We went to USC together, but we never connected that way before at Carolina. And he was an Omega and I am a Delta, so our love was kind of mutual. <laughs> so he um he met me in a mall and he was like, Hey, I'm in real estate and um I am looking to state some of my listings and wanted to see if you would be interested in doing it. So I said, Yeah, cool, put me down as a vendor, let's connect. So we messaged each other on Facebook, and that's how we connected. And he was like, hey, have you ever really thought about getting to real estate? And I was like, nah, not really. So then I kind of took him up on on his question and researched what real estate license, what it takes to get it, and what you needed to do, and um, ended up getting into real estate and getting licensed. And I remember going through that. Um, Jermaine helped me study my test. Like, we went to two different real estate schools. And they taught differently, and I had challenges with passing the real estate exam because it's not not easy at all. So I remember spending some days with him studying, and he would go through the exam booklet with me, and um, I ended up passing and getting licensed. And then that was my entrance into the real estate world. Oh, wow. That is awesome. So you have said, like, some really amazing things throughout the whole entire thing. So I'm kind of going to go back just a little bit because I love what you're saying. But first, it is so amazing how we could see what our parents are doing and then, like, kind of witness it, you know what I'm saying, like, through their lives. And then all of a sudden we bump up into a career and, like, where did this inspiration come from, you know? So that is so amazing, like, how you just seeing your mom just, like, unconsciously just do certain things around the house. So then that brings me to our kids are paying attention. And they are paying attention. We, right. So we <laughs> never know, like, what kind of career they may bump into based on our lifestyles and, like, what we are doing and what even what we're doing around the house. So that Absolutely. is, like, that is so cool. Another thing that you said that really, really stood out is I love, like, how you said you were a single mom. And I started off at a, as a single mom as well, you know, like mm-hmm. going to college, making ends meet. And then, you know, you got a son you're trying to just tend to. Can you exactly. talk to us? Because it may be someone that is listening that is she may be like a single mom. And, you know, she may be where you were, you know, five or six years ago. So how have you been able to just Stay sane in the midst of being a single mom. Because, girl, I can tell you some stories <laughs> about <laughs> about really what goes through your head when you are trying to grow. And then right. you got a boss that's saying, no, you can't get off. But then, you know, your son may be sick or you got to take him places. Can you just tell us a little bit about that portion of your life as a single parent? So the biggest thing to me was, what's my why? Like, everything draws back to that. And I think that has been the forefront of 
how I move with everything. So for me, I, of course, when you have a child, you never know what the experience is like. But when I had my son, I was like, oh, my God, I never loved the person so deep before. Like, it was it's a deep love. And he was my motivation. Like, even in the situation that I was in that wasn't healthy, I removed myself from that place because I knew that he was my motivation and purpose for what I was going to be doing. So, you know, it was some discouraging times because, you know, as a woman, you want to have this life where the family structure is there, where dad and mom is together and dad and mom is functioning together as a family. But you have to also look at, is the environment healthy? You know, what environment am I really placing him in? And I took that as a uh, forefront of my decisions that I made and to be able to show him, hey, son, you are important to me and it's important the environment that I put you in. So I, I created a space where regardless of the environment, regardless of where we were, that he always felt loved. And that was my motivation mm. to the things that I did. So my decisions, even with not going back, because I could have easily went back and applied for a position in corporate America, I had experience. But I chose to do differently, and he was the why behind why I did it. And sometimes I think that we lose track of why we're doing things, and it helps us fuel our motivation to be better. So any single mom who were thinking about entrepreneurship and I'm a single mom, I'm defeated because I may not have the help. You just have to find the resources and the things that are going to support mm-hmm. you as you work towards your dreams, and that's what I did. Oh, man, that is so good. That is really good. Um, I know when you said you started to, like, stage homes and stuff like that, and then Mm -hmm. you kind of just reconnected with your husband. Now, so tell us, um, how is that? Because, okay, so we done went through the single mama part. We done done kind of mastered that. Now that we are, like, you know, working with a spouse, can you tell us, how that is in your way of working with your spouse, because I know mm-hmm. my husband and I, we work together, and girl, like, sometimes, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we like the best friends, and then another day you may catch us, and we may be going, you know, word for word, like, you know, why did you do that, or why did you say this, or this ain't working, like, absolutely. <laughs> So it's always like a love-hate relationship, but then you got to find a balance in between. <laughs> so it is a challenge. It is a challenge working with your spouse. I, right. I, like, I think in the beginning, everything was like, oh, my God, this is a fairy tale. This is wonderful. We can work together. We can always be together. And then, like, reality sets in, and it's like, are you here, you here again today? Like, you don't have anywhere else to go? Like, no, because we're working together. So it was it was a reality after a while, and I I think some of the challenges and learning learning points that we've gotten from it is even in marriage you have to know your roles, and I don't mean roles by what things you necessarily do, but roles about what's your strengths. Like you know what are you strong in that I'm not strong in, and what am I strong in that you're not strong in, and if we focus on those things only, then our integration of what we do becomes easier. Mm-hmm. So that's in marriage and that's in our business. Like, you know, Jermaine is really strong in IT and computers and technology. And I am really good with working with people, like really building relationships and knowing who people are, knowing who their kids are, knowing what their values are. So we have to figure out where we fit and where our strong pieces. Because some mm-hmm. days we used to just 
not have really good days. And we okay. come home with it, and you have to separate the two. So I know people are like, oh, being in marriage is, is marriage is wonderful and working with your spouse is wonderful. It can be, and it can be a challenge because at the end of the day, the business is the business, and your life is your life, and you have to separate the two. Oh, man, good. So I like that you say that part. So, like, tell us. Because I know with me, a lot of times the business part runs into the home life. And sometimes you kind of find yourself talking about business like all day, and then you forget about the love, the The compassion, and really what puts you together. So, like, what are some of the things that y'all have been able to do as a couple to keep loving, to kind of, like, separate the love part and the business part with the kids part? (laughs) (laughs) You have to to do it. So I think we got to a point where, like, I used to say, drink. we are off from work. We're not taking any more phone calls after a certain time. So I was more, I was, men are different. So men, they can probably work all night through their sleep, you know, all the time. And I have that motivation too, but I have a conscience to be able to say, okay, I have to separate my family from business hours as well. So we had to set specific business hours where we worked, you know, on some evenings it may be later for him to work while I am in the role of taking care of the kids and working with the kids and working with homework. So my time may have been five and his time may be seven. But after seven o'clock, we we're putting in place that, hey, we're not taking any more phone calls with business and we'll respond back in the morning. So, you know, we put those in place. We also did date nights. So Friday nights were our date night, and we have a particular place that we go to here in Columbia, um, and that's our sacred space. Like, you know, when we want to just get away from the kids and just kind of enjoy some time, we go to a restaurant that we really enjoy going to, and we just are able to just be ourselves and talk and release and not talk about work. So just putting little things in place that, you know, kind of resets you back from, Okay, the day-to-day, eight-to-five, the routine, and um, the bustle of life. That's what we had to do to be effective. That is really good. That is really good. So let us talk about, like, the kids now because, of course, you know, kids are just, oh, they're so sweet, but at the same time, (laughs) they're demanding. (laughs) They are demanding. So I was going through, like, Facebook, and I was seeing, like, you are, like, a soccer mom. Then you go to, like, <laughs> swimming lessons, and then you are – then you got, like, a like a baby. Like, tell us, like, how are you able to do all this and still manage your <laughs> business? <laughs> so Raylan is – Raylan's one, and Ashir is four, and then Eliza is seven. So – it's definitely been a challenge, and I, I won't say it's been easy. And it and we see Facebook pictures a lot of times, and we don't see the stuff behind the pictures, you know. Just like mm-hmm. I told you last night when I, was, when I was sending you information, I was like, I'm literally typing this up, and my kid is on the desk eating a stick of glue right now. Like, <laughs> she's doing that. So <laughs> those are the realities. I think that women are so uh, resistant. Like, they... They can literally do all things with challenges. And that has uh, resonated with me. You know, when I look at how did I, some days I look at how the heck did I get all this done today? 
I really <laughs> look at that. But one of the things that I have learned literally is um, you have to focus on what's important. So there are so many things in our business and so many things in our personal life that we can focus on, but what are the priorities for the day? So yesterday I was um, making my calendar on Sunday evening because I spent about an hour to do prepping and planning on Sunday because if I don't, I'm not successful during the week. And that's just my hour to be to put things on my calendar that are most important <clears throat> and then put other things on the calendar that, you know, can fall into its place or that I may can get someone else to help me with. So uh, putting those priorities in place are important because you will get yourself at a place in a stress level where, you know, you just can't handle your kids and you can't handle things emotionally. So it's important to put in place those big rocks that matter. And that's what I tend to do. There's only one thing that I can focus on that day to get done, and that one thing is going to, you know, generate business for me or generate relationships for me. Those are the things I focus on, paperwork and all the other additional items that I make and look at, hey, I can, you know, get someone else to do this, or I can hire an administrator to help with this, or someone that can actually, you know, that are good at this, that can actually help me um, leverage my time better. So that's what I do. I focus on my big rocks. And then, of course, my family and my kids are my number one big rock. So even with business, if anything comes up, if anything comes up with my family, I have to um, make sure that I make the correct shift to be able to put my family first. That's good. That is good. I love how you say that you plan your day. Now, for yes. someone kind of like don't really know what that is, tell our listeners how you plan to how you plan your day because we do talk on the podcast about you know, planning and strategically going throughout your day, making sure that you're doing everything. So what does it look like in the life of a real estate agent when you talk mm -hmm. about planning your day on Sunday, making sure that you focus on, like, the one thing? Right. So my one thing every week or every day in my business is um, lead generating, and that means making contacts with people that know me or I have built relationships with or who refer business to me that I can reach out to and ask for business. That's my number one activity amongst all activities that I can possibly do in real estate. And that is the generator to be able to do everything else that is necessary in the business. So whether that be creating a position for an assistant, I can have the leverage to do so because I am doing my number one activity. Mm -hmm. So on Sundays, I organize my database and I specifically I specifically select first and last name or last name um, from the beginning of the alphabet to the end of the alphabet, and those are the people that I contact that week. And I look at that because if I don't connect with the people that value um, what I do in business, I will never be able to grow my business. So, and I also look at what activities are going on during the week, what meetings do I need to attend. Like this morning, I just left a chamber. Um, leadership roundtable event, and it is value in my business to be able to be visible, to be able to let people know that I'm a part of the community and who I am. So those are things that I, <clears throat> that I put on my calendar and prioritize during the week. Also, my personal things, like when is football practice this week? What day is the game? Um, do my son have any field trips that I want to attend this week? So putting those things on the calendar first, 
and then allowing everything else to fall into place. Yeah, so I've like utilized tools, utilizing tools and resources. Like one of um, one of my good partner friends in Las Vegas, she's a, a a real estate agent there, and she has kids, and she's running a multi million dollar business. And she said, I learned to use resources. Like I realized that going to the grocery store takes me about two hours. Mm-hmm. So I just sit at my desk and I click and I order my groceries to be delivered to my house. And she said that has helped her because she's not spending extra money by looking around at the grocery store saying, hey, I can get this and I can pick up this. So she's really focused and intentional on what she's doing. That is so good. That is so good. I love that. That is really good. The next thing that I love, so this leads us into the next question about how do you actually get the business that you have as a real estate agent? Because I went on your Facebook and you were like, sold, home sold, home sold. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us, like, uh, for someone maybe that is just starting out or wanting to know, like, how to grow their business. Mm-hmm. I know you said that you, you know, like, you have your leads and the people that you actually need to contact. So as far as getting people to be, getting your business to be seen, like, what are some of the things that you have done to really get the ball rolling and building your clientele? So relationship building is key. I think that's, like, number one priority. People do business with people that they like, know, and trust. And um, that is key to business because if you think about it, the people that you do business with are people who either referred you to someone or someone that you built a relationship with. And it's the same when you're thinking about and looking at it in the perspective of your own business. You know, who are the people that I can contact immediately that know me, trust me, and like me that can send me business? And um, that's what I've done. 95%, I'll actually say 97% of our business comes from our sphere influence, which are people who know us that send us referrals. So if 97% of our business is focused on relationship building, I continue to focus on building the relationship. And um, that's been important and that's been key. So if people are starting out, like a woman who's starting a new business, you know, whether whatever business you're starting, you immediately get on the phone with people that know you and say, hey, I am um, starting a new business. I really would love your support. Is there someone that you can think about now that you know that may be currently looking for this service? And people love to help you. You just have to ask for it. And I remember getting into real estate, and I had this drunk monkey on my shoulder, and I still have it sometimes with calling people that I know and asking for help. Like if, you know, I call you, Alicia, hey, you know, I know you're in the Charleston area uh, or Murder Beach area and wanted to know who in your area that you could think of at your work or at your church or any groups that you're in that are looking to sell their home, you know, and it was a challenge for me at first. And it sometimes is a challenge to make those calls, but you have to step over that, that bridge and you have to be confident in what service you're providing and who are you provided it for? Man, that is good. That is good because a lot of times people miss that main part. And then a lot of times we would like overlook, you know, the yes. phone conversations. Absolutely. And then we immediately go to Facebook and think that Facebook <laughs> is going to do it. But Facebook is, is not going to do it. It's a tool, but it's not going to do it. <laughs> that is so good that you said that because a lot of times we do overlook that and we got to realize that that 
connection, that phone call is so important because just like how we are talking and just like how women talk too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you may absolutely. see a business on Facebook, but then you won't call up your girlfriend and be like, girl, do you know who this business is? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people overlook that part, but like word of mouth still works. It works. It does work. It really does. Yeah, word of mouth still works. So I am glad that you said you pick up the phone and you call people. And that in itself is courage. Because <laughs> yes. Yes. half of the time people don't pick up their phones. So you... <laughs> and then now now one of the tools that are re- that's really working, exactly, people don't pick up their phones, but they text message, though. They will respond right. back to text. So you have to be really intentional about that. So you make a call, they don't respond, you follow up through text. And I bet normally about 95% of the time you'll get a response back. I mean, that's good. So you got to follow up with text. That is really good. I love how you said that. So as far as um, let's talk about, like, goal setting, um, because I'm sure you're saying that you know who you're going to call, you know, um, you know, you know how you're going to make those calls. So how about goal setting for someone that is just starting? Do you say, well, I'm going to call 30 people today, 50 people mm-hmm. today, or 100? Like, what is that goal setter for you so that you can make sure that you generate the money that you need? Absolutely. I think that you have to work backwards. So instead of setting a goal, how many people I'm going to call, I think you have to work backwards and say, you know, like you said, how do I generate this amount of money this year? What's my goal this year? So if you were, you know, in a position or a job before, and you were making 50000 And then in your business first year, you said, okay, my goal is to match what I made coming out of corporate America. So how do you work backwards to figure that number out? And you have to work backwards to that number. My goal is 50000 Okay, what will 50000 do for my family? You know, it will provide us comfort to be able to pay bills, but it'll also allow us to travel. It'll also allow me to save 10% every month. It'll also allow me to put into my college in the kids college investment and what things would allow you to do so I think you have to work backwards when you talk about goal setting so then you you formulate what fifty thousand dollars equals in a in a month in a day or in in a week and you have to see what those calls look like for you so if fifty thousand dollars equals I have to make at least uh, I have to do at least one appointment a week and that means four appointments a month in order to make my fifty thousand dollar goal you have to work that number backwards to see how that fits in your goal setting. Got it. That really makes sense. That really makes sense. So I know that a lot of times, you know, we do set the goals. And then a lot of times the main thing is you got to have faith. That is got to have happen. faith. Exactly. <laughs> you have to have faith and you have to have a plan. You have to have a plan. So tell us, because a lot of times we would just look at a business and say, wow, you know, this woman is doing exceptionally well. She's making fifty, sixty, seventy, dollars $100,000 a year, but then they miss out on that faith part. So tell yeah. us, like, as an entrepreneur, like, how has, like, faith played a major role in your business and how important it is to have yeah. a relationship with either God, the universe, or whatever you call it, like, <laughs> It's so it's so divinely important. It's so important because, you know, you get into business and you have these dreams and you have these aspirations, but you also have the failures and you also have the valleys and you also have the moments where you question whether or not, am I supposed to really be in this business or I can just go back and get a job? 
And you have to um, understand that your faith is going to keep you there. And being continuously in prayer and in um, activity with God is going to keep you focused because you question things sometimes. But he always, always drives you back to the place that you're supposed to be. I remember many times having this conversation with Jermaine. And I am big on security, and I think that's most women. We're like, oh, my God, like, I want consistency. I want to be able to have a foundation in place. And in entrepreneurship, starting out, that's not always the case. So I have questioned many times with him and had conversations. Hey, babe, I am really thinking about submitting my application to this position. And um, his faith helped, too, because he always said, Ro, that's not where you're supposed to be. And I was in prayer with God, and God says the same thing, and he sends signs, and he sends confirmations as to why you're not supposed to be there. So I think the biggest thing is that we may sometimes drive our choices by our decisions we make by thinking about scarcity instead of thinking about abundance. And if God is the covering and ruler of all things, then, of course, he will take care of me. You know, of Mm -hmm. course, he would... He will keep me uh, firm on the things I need to do, but I also have to put in the work to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of times people do overlook that part about putting in the work. (laughs) Yes, you have to put in the work. And the work is not necessarily, oh, it's 8 to 5 today. It may be, okay, the kids are at school at 730, and then I may have to do personal item or personal run for an hour and then I come back and work and then I get the kids back and then I get them to bed and then I'm up again and I'm still working and then it's five o'clock in the morning and they're sleeping and I may be still working on something. So the work is, you know, it it is different from working on your own and working on someone else's. I love how um, you said it was one time that you had your stilettos on. What do you call it? Like stilettos and what? Like you were doing like all kinds of things. So <laughs> so my staging um, business is called The Staging Firm. And um, my my picture of what I am as a stager is staging in heels. That, that's what I am because I think about I stage and – I set up these homes and I present them to be um, peaceful. I present love. I present beauty. And in all of those things is the competence of a woman, a woman who walks in her heels and who's staging life. Not only do I look at when I'm staging homes, I'm actually setting up life for people. And, and that's the same thing with my own home. When I stage my home and decorate my home, I am staging life for my family. I am staging life for those who are entering into my front doors. So it's much deeper than just, you know, putting a picture on the wall. There's intentionality to everything that I do when it comes to staging. So I am the stager in heels. I run my business. I am a wife. I am a mom. I'm a daughter. I am an advocate for new moms who I adore and love. So I'm the stager in heels. I am staging every part of my life intentionally. Oh, man, that is really good. And then I love, too, like how you say sometimes you do have to do Every single thing. <laughs> Everything. Like, um, I know you said you was like vacuuming the floor and putting <laughs> sign holders in the front of the yard. And then you got to go and you got to sell this house and present this house. Like having to do so much, but then yes. you keep in mind the legacy that you are building. Absolutely. And it's just a reminder sometimes, like 
you know, do you want to be, um, do you want to sign up? I have a, a mentor who I always say, you know, and when he coaches me, he always say, Ro, do you want to sign the front of the check or the back of the check? Oh. And that's the mentality that you have to think about. You know, am I building something for just a paycheck or am I building something that's sustainable, that can actually grow, that my kids can have some security in their future as they continue to grow and develop? So that's, you know, when you're looking at opening a business or going into entrepreneurship, what is the why behind that? Is it is it business, building something sustainable or is it just to get a paycheck? And for me, it's building a legacy, building something that my daughter and my sons can be able to inherit as they grow older. Oh, man, that's good. That is really good. So tell us, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I know that you go to, like, a lot of conferences and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. tell us, like, if you could recommend maybe, like, maybe one or two books that you kind of just like or resonate with or either a book or a podcast or whatever, what is something for somebody that is just getting started or are in the field, something that you would recommend for them to read? So one of the books that I've been really focused on reading, and I love him, and, and my goal is to attend an actual live conference, but attend a, a streaming conference with um, that John Maxwell hosts. And I love to listen to John Maxwell YouTube videos and read his books. They're so inspiring. Um, the book right now that I'm reading is The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth. And mm-hmm. um, one of the things about the book is that it gives you practical um, growth areas that for you to focus on as a leader. And many times when we think about entrepreneurship, we are leaders. We are leaders in our homes with our kids. We are leaders in our community. We are leaders in our business. We are leaders in organizations that we're involved in. And for me, being a better leader is where I am right now. Many times, you know, we used to look at um, the following perspective. But how do you become a better leader? How do you really influence people? How do you really make an impact on people? Because in the end, that's what matters. So my book right now is definitely the end that the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell. I think it's a great starter book for people who are um, in the place of even considering entrepreneurship, who are in the place of um, just wanting to be a better leader as a mom, um, as a friend, as a daughter, as a community advocate. You know, that's where I would start. Oh, man. <clears throat> that is really good. So I like that. And I am actually going to pick this book up because I love, <laughs> like, every time you see me, like, I'll just be, I, like, reading, like, all the time. Like, you know, I always have a book in my handbag just in case. You me too. <laughs> always carry a book. I literally, when you ask me about the book, I literally just pulled it out of my purse. Like, it's always with me. <laughs> and Jermaine always says to me, Bro, can you just let your mind rest for a little bit? I'm like, no, no, right. you keep going. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is like, oh, so me. Like, I know I always have like a book. I have one book and a then journal. I have like a yes, a journal. <laughs> <laughs> a book and a journal always is in my purse. You will guarantee we find it. Now you may find some other things like some diapers and some wipes, right. but you're gonna find a journal and a book. <laughs> You gonna find a journal in a book, and we always gonna have a nice writing pen. A nice pen, yes. Yeah. Well, we might need a highlighter because we might need a highlight something. Absolutely. <laughs> All of those are requirements in my purse. I agree. <laughs> like, 
like that is like so true like true story <laughs> like just all the time like you just yes. never know you never never know so yes good thing ladies always make sure you have a book in a journal always <laughs> always make sure you never know when a new idea is going to pop up and then it may not come back so you have to write it down Exactly. OMG. That's like <laughs> oh for me. Oh for me all day long. So, um, like tell us, um, like what would you give us some encouraging words for somebody that may, you know, be a single mom or for someone that may want to open a business or for someone that is starting their business, like just feed into the audience just a little bit. Give them some encouraging mm-hmm. words. Um, like, what would you say to, you know, someone that's just starting out or a single mom, whatever, girl, just like feed it right. us. So I would say my advice would be to a inspiring entrepreneur, single mom, new wife, new mom, all of these things is always just know why you're doing what you're doing. And um, there are so many opportunities for so many people to discourage you. But create a village. I was having a thought when I was driving down the road today, and and I was like, you know, what are the advantages and disadvantages of entrepreneurship? And, you know, I started off with the disadvantages first. And I think sometimes when we think about working for other people, you know, we always we create this community. Those are the people that we see every day. We're automatically in this environment. We know Susan, Joe, and Pam. They attend all the Thanksgiving uh, luncheons, and we are in this environment with them daily. But when you're in entrepreneurship, sometimes it's lonely. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's at a space where you have to figure out who are the people that I need to be connecting with? Who is my tribe? Who are those people that I need behind me as I continue to push forward in entrepreneurship? And I realize the times that I have learned the most are the times that I failed. And I think that we fear failing as entrepreneurs, as women, as people, because we have this pride that we can't fail. But I promise you, as an entrepreneur, you will fail over and over and over again. But your failure sets you up for success. And you learn the most in your failures. So, you know, be able to be strategic, find resources, find people that can help you, get a coach please get a coach, get a coach, get a coach, someone that's going to keep you accountable. Because even in my day-to-day, if I sit in my office all day and do the same things that I do from day-to-day on my schedule, if no one's keeping me accountable, I'm not being better. So mm-hmm. I always find a coach, someone who can push you past the possibilities of what you think that you can do in your mind and put you put you at a greater level, level you know, on the thing that you are destined to be. So just always have that tribe tribe of people and don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Trust God that he has brought you to a place of your gift. You know, one of the things that I was challenged with for so many years is I knew I had this gift. I had this gift Mm -hmm. of decorating. I had this this passion. And I promise you, like, just being in the environment of uh, being around stores that had decorating stuff and being in houses, it it was a feeling that I couldn't explain and I knew my husband recognized it. And, you know, there were many times where I denied it. Oh, I don't, I don't know if that's what I should be doing. I don't think I really should be doing that. But I, I understand that my passion always draws me back to the place that I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And that's a feeling that cannot be explained. Only, you know, that feeling. So know that if something's not right, 
if something doesn't feel right and um, you're not in the place where you're supposed to be, that feeling that you have that you're having is real. It is really real. So get back to that place and find the resources, find the right people um, that you need to help you continue the journey that you know your purpose to continue. Oh man, that's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. So tell us, one of my last questions is, how are you living a rich life? How am I living a rich life? I am waking up and going to bed every morning, striving my best to be intentional about designing the life that I want for my family. Mm -hmm. And um, intentionality, you have to be committed to um, the intentions that you set. So I'm waking up every day, living a rich life, being intentional about the future that I'm creating for my kids, the legacy that I'm creating for my family, and the joy that I'm creating for those around me. Girl, that is good. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That is really, really good. So let our audience know, because I'm sure that they love so much of what you said. I know I did. Let us know where we could find you. Where are you on Facebook, Instagram? What's the website? Tell us <laughs> all where we can find you so that, you know, they may go and get inspired by, you know, just the life that you're living. So I am on Facebook um, under first and last name Rhonda Sims, so it's R-H-O-N-D-A-S-I-M-S. And um, my business pages are The Saving Firm and Futures Real Estate. So you can actually type in The Fred Team on Facebook. I am on Instagram as The Saving Firm as well as my personal page, which is On My Way 12. So O-N-W-A-Y-1-2. Got it. That is so good. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule just to really just pour into us and tell us all about how you are doing it. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Alicia. Thank I appreciate thank it. You, thank you so much. <laughs> and we will be talking to you soon. All right. Take care, guys. Be great. All right. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for sharing your story. And here are a few takeaways. Your parents can influence you to start a business. It's okay to grow from being a single parent to now a married professional doing a business with your family. It's important to set time blocks. Separate your time from your family and your business. Focus on what's important prep and plan what's important and also make sure that you know about the people who are in your circle that can potentially help you to grow your business. People normally do business with folks that they know, like, and trust. So make sure that you are calling people on the phone, just like how she said, so that you could grow your business. Always know what your goals are and know the importance of working backwards. Always be sure to have faith in God because a lot of times God will send you signs about what to do next in your business. 
What's your why? Know what your why is and how are you going to leave a legacy for your children? Rhonda also talked about the importance of knowing your tribe and don't be afraid to have your gifts and to surround yourself with people who appreciate your gifts. So before we leave, of course, you know, we have an inspirational song for you all. So thank you so much for listening this far in the podcast. If you like anything that we said, please make sure that you subscribe. Please make sure that you write us a five-star review to let us know that this episode and all the other episodes has really, really helped you become a better business owner to help you to become a better mom, a better wife, a better entrepreneur. So thank you so much for sticking in and we appreciate you. We want you to live a rich life. A rich life is not just being rich in your finances, but it's all about being rich in your mind, your body, your soul, and your business. While you are on your journey, please know that God is always watching you. Thank you so much and I will talk to you all very soon. Try